you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is episode number 280, take number five. Yeah, your boy had a rough night last night. Did a whole segment, got it out in about two hours, had all my bells and whistles and everything lined up. I was tired. I had a really crappy day. I was feeling like a slug. Came down to the studio, recorded, uploaded, and nothing. Most of what I had put out was empty space. Ain't that a blip? And then the computer jammed up. Said I ran out of space. I filled my Mac up. So I had to unload some stuff and run some virus scans and do some system work, try to clean up a little thing. And next thing I know, it was after midnight and my eyeballs were about to fall out. I was thoroughly disgusted. But I'm back. And I'm glad you're here with me. Welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank God for an expert. The weekly program variety show featuring the internationally known black man with a gun. Your friend and brother from a different mother. That's what I call a close encounter. Ken Blanchard. Love it. That is a star. You're going to love it. It's a classic. All right. What we're going to try to do this week is uh, get through the podcast. That's what we're going to try to do. I'm going to talk about... Freedoms Network. It has officially launched, man. And uh, talk about gun lubrication or greasy guns. A scoochie me. I got a chance to talk to doctor of audiology about hearing protection. And we're going to let her talk to you today. Barbara talks about her friend, U.S. Olympic champion Kim Rohde, who's still kicking butt and breaking clays. Just a little bit of reminder about Legally Armed in Detroit's second annual open carry dinner on August 13th. And don't give up any ground. A little inspiration, probably more for me than you. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. All this and more is coming up on episode number 280 of the Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm Ken Blanchard and you can reach me toll free whenever you need to leave a message. And right now I could use some encouragement. 888 Zero two is the number. There's also an application on the website of blackmanwithagun.com that you can just click on and talk right to the microphone. And I give you a warning. Don't shout. That thing is really sensitive. So you can just whisper and it plays a voicemail message by email to me. Kind of cool. And thank you, Lloyd, for, uh, for doing that too. Did I already say it? You can email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. And I'll get that thing whenever you send it. Again, that's blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. All right, if you're ready, let's get on with episode number 280, Greasy Guns, as soon as John Wayne starts us off with the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. I want to give a big shout out to gunspec.com. 
to Laura Burgess Marketing and to Amalion.com, as well as TacticalWire.com. They, all four of them, sent out a little memo, a little note to their audiences that freedomsnetwork.org is now live. This week in August, we launched officially a mini social media site focused at patriots, podcasters, and bloggers in my circle. Those that I think are nice, good people, nice little community. I wanted to be the mayor of the town. I wanted to have a kind of a circle of really good friends, people that I could help when I travel, when I do stuff, because I'm always, I'm relentless. I'm always out there doing something. And sometimes I come across things that don't profit me, but I can push somebody else's stuff. And that's like my talent actually is to promote and help other people. So I created this thing and it's turning out to be great. I'm still working out the bugs. I don't know all that it can do. And it's actually up to us. And as of today, I have at least 130 people. Thank you very, very much for trusting and believing in a brother and coming along with me. I mean, I didn't offer you anything really, but I'm, what I'm trying to do is just build this thing. And I know some people have the reservations because um, it's, you know, who gives away stuff for free? Nobody. But my intention is totally pure. I know that once you have a community of solid people, good stuff happens. And this is more than a forum. It's like Facebook that nobody can kick us out of. We police it. And that's a good thing. It's, it has the video. It has each group, say, um, like Daniel. Daniel and John from Gunfighter Cast came on board and caused quite a stir when they did. And thank you guys for that. They are able to also bring their audiences that listen to Gunfighter Cast. Good stuff. They get to put more pictures up, more stuff. There's no, there's no bandwidth stuff you got to worry about. It's, I pay for it all up front. They can put their RSS feeds, and I've been trying to do that too. Um, they can put many chats. They can do. Um, they can push their podcast episodes on there. They can. They police their own stuff. I mean, it's like a giant mall. And everybody has their own little section. It can only be as good or bad as we make it. And I'm just hoping and praying for success for it all, for all that we do. I mean, I really am. What really surprised me, though, is when I offered it to some people and they said, oh, yeah, I, I get back with you. And I was excited. And I was kind of like bummed out that they didn't like jump right on it. So I got I to gotta manage my own self on that one. Everybody doesn't see your vision or, or at the same place you are sometimes. And you can't take it as a negative. But I'm still excited. Um, it has um, analytics and stats and all that stuff on it. And I don't know where it's going. But it's the Freedoms Network. You got an S in there. Dot O-R-G dot U-S and probably dot net too. I forgot. I went crazy and bought a whole bunch of stuff. And when that bill comes, I'm going to have um, sticker shock times five. But I had to. I was led to do this. So... Check it out, freedomsnetwork.org. Be a part of the family. I got a new badge out. I, I kind of switched around. The Urban Shooter Association changed that whole thing around. Um, I'm going to, my mindset is push the community, and then when we all doing good, then I'll do good. Because I was already doing pretty good. I mean, I'm blessed. I'm just going to take that right off the bat. And sometimes I forget. Because if you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, 
you don't smell the flowers. So I got I to pull back a little bit. Because I've been going for it now. Yeah, got to pull back and uh, smell the flowers. Speaking of that, let's talk about shoot houses. If you have the opportunity to experience a shoot house in your firearms training wish list, do so. Some of the lessons you'll learn while you shoot and while you move in the confines of a building can be applied to your life as well. You know I'm going to make a, a training message out of an inspirational thing because I've been in so many shoot houses. I've done it so many times. I learn stuff more than shooting on the move, more than barricades, more than staying out of fatal funnels, more than being back lit. I learned a lot. And some of the stuff I want to share with you that you might have missed while you were running and gunning. Now, one of the main objectives of a shoot house scenario, as in life, is to survive. It's not a good idea to clear a house. I mean, it's, look, it looks cool on television. It's such a rush when you do it. But in real life, you don't want to do it. And I'm saying that for safety, for training, and for practical reasons. See, when there's a bad guy in your house or more than one bad guy, you're already in trouble. Reaction is always going to be slower than action. And it's hard to train for that safely and practically. I don't care who you go to or what you pay for. And because I love you, I'm trying to tell you there's no second place in a gunfight. Okay. One of the skills you will learn, though, is how to shoot from cover. Now, you've probably heard of techniques like pying. Well, in addition to pying, you're going to learn that once you gain some ground, some territory, you don't retreat back from it. You don't want to lose sight of your target or where the enemy might appear to duck behind some blind area. You want to keep going. You don't have to re-secure that territory. Well, as in life, you're going to have to move forward until you hit a barrier. Sometimes that barrier is self-imposed. Whatever you do, don't lose focus of your target. Don't retreat so far back that you have to repeat. Stay out of that fatal funnel, whether it's incoming fire, and that's figuratively or metaphorically. Either can take you out. You don't surrender either. As in boxing, don't back up too much or you lose points. And you don't want to stay toe-to-toe too long because you'll wear yourself out. Some of us have hit barriers early and it's taken us out. And we live like we're looking in the rearview mirror our whole lives, worrying about our past. Worrying that somebody will remember when we stumbled. We've forgotten that every day you get up, as it was for me, because last night was a monster. I had nothing working for me. Man, I was just, I was bummed out. And Miguel said, you need to go fishing. And thank you for that, man, because I do. I do. It's time for me to, to slow down. But I got up this morning, realizing I got another chance. Nobody died that I didn't get a podcast out last night. It's going to be all right. There are people ahead of me that haven't heard of my boo-boos in the past. And if I can dazzle them with the new me, which is much better, they might not even believe the stories of when I tell them how much of an ass I was before. See, we all have a past, my friend. Don't spend the rest of your life in yours. Go forward. 
Don't give up ground. Forget the past. It's over. Now, where is this all coming from? Me personally, for some reason, I had a a couple of old friends pop up into my life to remind me of some stuff that I used to do. And they kind of teased and gave me a little double entendre about some stuff that I used to do. And it took me back. Not to a good place. But you know what? I'm going to be okay. The thrill is gone.
an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. The U.S. Constitution is without a doubt the defining factor that sets America apart from the rest of the planet. The Second Amendment is the part that gives the Constitution teeth, truly empowering we, the people. Since 1975, Gun Owners of America has been the ever-vigilant watchdog of the Second Amendment. GOA attends every hearing, pushing daily in order to safeguard your right to keep and bear arms and will accept no compromise. Because after all, it's a right, not a privilege. I'm Bill Frady, and this is Gun Owners of America Radio. And now, back to the ever-present incredibly groovy cool Ken Blanchard and the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you, big brother Bill. You know, Bill Frady is the impetus between or the reason I actually got started with the Blanchard Media Group. Yeah. He kind of gave me the idea that inspired me to do it. And then one thing kind of led to another. I thought I can get somebody like as professional and sharp as Bill what if I could get a couple of other podcasters and bloggers and we can just form something? And that kind of just started the whole thing. Well, that's that. That's the past, right? Now we're moving on with the forward stuff. I want to talk about gun lubrication, greasy guns. I was actually pulling the gun out of a box and it was pretty gunked up. And I have no idea what happened. I think I put too much lubrication on it. And see, that's not a good thing all the time. How greasy are your guns? It always depends, you know. Grease is nothing more than thickened oil, according to Grant Cunningham. I went to look for some references that I could pass on to you for what's proper for cleaning your firearm and ran across grantcunningham.com. I believe he's a fixture on the Pro Arms podcast, which makes him a giant in my book. And his page was no no joke. I mean, he had this thing called Lubrication 101. It should have been 301 class. There was so much stuff about grease, oil, lubricants I had never even heard of. Which ain't saying much because ain't the sharpest tool in the box. But Grant has some stuff on there you got to check out. Like I learned about lithium and grease grader. I mean, grease is graded by thickness by NLGI number. Never knew any of that stuff. I just put lubricant on my farms to protect them, to prevent them from wear and to make them perform better. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff I was looking at, but you got to check it out. Have you ever shot a firearm and usually a revolver and along with the recoil, you get some black stuff, oily stuff just kind of shoots out and might even hit you in the glasses. That's too greasy. Or you might have been shooting something and it's so dry that it binds. Well, see, I think you got to have it in the middle. Our guns are, they go from sitting in the safe to being shot at with hot loads, a lot of rounds. A lot of either either or in there. And you got to make sure that whatever you put on it protects it against rust, sweat, 
and uh, just not doing nothing. I think my firearm, the stuff had kind of gelled from sitting so long. So I think the object is what you put on it. And everybody has their favorite lube. And I wish I knew that stuff that, um, that Daniel had talked about on Gunfighter Cast that he just loved. But I know that you want to put grease on the sliding parts, like rails and bolt carriers and sears. You want to put oil on your rotating parts. And you want to stay away from stuff that has uh, silicone or graphite. Because a graphite is a product that's actually abrasive. You can use it for your keys and your padlocks, but you don't want it in your firearms. And I learned from Grant Cunningham, you don't want to use WD-40. It was never meant to be a lubricant. It was designed as a moisture displacer, which it, which means I'm going to start wearing that stuff out on my fishing gear stuff. Isn't that something? Stay away from WD-40, y'all. And I got a friend. I got a dude by the name of Gabriel. I forgot what Gabriel's last name is, but he's out of... Indiana. Let me go grab my bag right here. GabrielProductsInc.com out of Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, Gabriel Products Inc. Local guy says um, he makes all kind of junk. He makes water-based cleaner, bore cleaner. He makes synthetic firearm lubricant. He makes um, GPI 3000 as a lubricant and a preservative. And, you know, I never used it. So I'm about to, about to break this stuff out. And check it out. But hey, that's from Gabriel Products. And everybody has their favorite stuff, whether it's break free or, you know, whatever. Tell me what you use. Hit me back on the show notes for episode number 280. And just say for bore cleaner, this is what I use. And we can get. um, Or if you want to just give me a personal recommendation, call me 888-675-0202. It's like a five-minute voicemail, and give me an endorsement. Tell me what you use and why, and then we can share it on next week's show. All right? Thanks. And that's lubricant. That's about the greasy guns because we all need to take care of what we have. Or what's the point, right? All right, this week on the Cigar of the Week, I don't have any cool music for it yet, but this is the new feature where I just kind of explain my journey into the cigar culture. I've been puffing since about uh, I was 19. I remember like when I got time off from the base, I would go and buy a store-bought cigar and just walk around Oceanside or San Diego puffing on a cigar. Didn't know anything about it. And then whenever I wanted to celebrate or do something by myself, just hang out, just contemplate life, watch some grass grow, I would smoke a cigar. I still didn't know too much. And then kind of stopped for a long, long time. And then just recently, probably at least once a month, I would walk into a cigar shop, ask the guy, uh, what about this one? And they might give me some tips and say, oh, that's a, um, that's pretty strong. That's mild. That's combination of tobaccos. That's a Honduran. That's Dominican. That's Jamaican. That's African. That's American. That's a box pressed. I mean, it, it was like, wow. And then, I met uh, Derek Ward, the author of Zombie Strike, and we would talk about cigars. And I was like, man, he's just hooking me up, bro. He was just showing me some stuff he knew. I had no idea 
that there were quite a few of us, closet one, closet one, one-on-one guys that were kind of smoking on the side, didn't have too much background in this thing. And I guess a cigar shop would be kind of a cool place to hang out too sometimes. Well, here we are. And our cigar of the week is uh, the Hoya de Monterey Excalibur. I got a picture of the label on the show notes for episode number 280 on com. This is a Honduran cigar. This one was aged. Brother by the name of Evan gave it to me. Made me really feel good. He was on heading to vacation and he said, hey man, try this out. The thing was old. The cellophane had yellowed and I almost waited too long to smoke it because it's starting to dry out. But um, it was a box pressed, which I'm starting to like. 48 gauge, not too big. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Had a really good draw. It burned evenly and slowly and um, didn't really want to give it up. I like to smoke that thing down to a to a nub. So thanks, Evan. Good one on you. And they're not ex- not expensive either. I saw them in a uh, outlet book that somebody just happened to send to me. They're reasonable. Like, I think between 5 and $7 for a stick. Kind of nice. I walked into a gun, not a gun, uh, to a cigar shop just the other day in Reston. Really nice guy. Veteran. Combat medic. And my new friend. Hopefully, I'll get some good stuff, tips and information, and maybe a couple of interviews from him. Yeah. This is going to be a cool feature here at the Urban Shooter Podcast. There's also a section on the um, Freedoms Network for cigar lovers. So if you got something in favorite, throw it down on that group so we can all learn about it. There's just so many cigars, you can never smoke them all. All right, we're going to move from smoking to a smoking hot grandmother and our friend, Barbara Baird. She's probably going to kill me for saying that, but she's a sweetheart, and I'm really glad she's rolling with her brother. Hey, Urban Shooter. Last Sunday, July 29th, shotgunner Kim Rohde earned her fifth Olympic medal in five consecutive Olympics in the shooting sports with a gold in skeet, hitting 99 out of 100 pluming purple clays. That's a first for an American athlete, male or female. She also became the first woman to win three gold medals in the shooting sports. The following day, last Monday, on a flight home from Kim's state of California, I read two newspapers, USA Today and Wall Street Journal. While both of these publications featured Kim, and USA Today ran a large photo of her in its sports section, they both chose to highlight swimmers and gymnasts as teasers and front-page newsmakers. Even poor Michael Phelps received better forward-facing coverage in print than Kim did. Why should that matter? Although Kim wore more clothes to compete, she deserves better treatment than this, I believe. Not only does Kim shoot, and she revealed that she cycles 500 to 1,000 rounds of shot shells through her gun on a daily basis, which means she has shot almost 3 million shells. She also hunts. Now, I met Kim last year in Las Vegas. She attended a media day before the shot show at the behest of her sponsor, Winchester, promoting a new line of steel shot called Blindside. After Kim explained the technicalities of this shot to me, we started talking about hunting and the outdoor lifestyles we both love. A lot of people know that Kim Rohde has grown up hunting, unusual since she hails from Los Angeles, I know, but it floored me to learn that she comes from a family where her grandfather and her father raised hound dogs, and she loves to upland bird hunt anywhere. She said, for me, 
It's about the friends and the camaraderie, as well as the hunt. What I like about Kim Rohde is the balance I see in her way of living. She not only hunts when not training for her next competitions, she also restores antique automobiles and collects first edition children's books. Her most recent find was a Beatrix Potter edition of Peter Rabbit last week while in England. And another thing I like about Kim's story, her dad Richard is her coach. I remember reading one time that he said he noticed at an early age Kim had what it took to compete in skeet and trap. She exhibited exceptional hand-eye coordination, and she had a competitor's spirit. I'd say this combination has worked. Kudos to Kim Rohde, a role model to hunters and shooters and future Olympians. To illustrate her class, the New York Times quoted Kim after her championship as saying, I don't think it ever becomes old hat. It's really about the journey. Don't forget to watch her compete again in Women's Trap, scheduled for August 4th. This is Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News, womensoutdoornews.com. Thank you, Ken. Hey, thank you, Barbara. And congratulations again to Kim Rohde. Associated Press gives us the information about Marylanders hoping to apply for a concealed carry handgun permit without providing a good and substantial reason will have to wait until a federal court can decide this fall whether the state's law is unconstitutional. Now, you know, <clears throat> and I know that the Second Amendment Foundation, Alan Gura and team was in, involved in that Willard case, and we should have had a change in the system. But The U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled last Wednesday that while the state waits for a final court ruling on the issue, it can continue enforcing its current crappy laws, requiring permit applicants to provide documentation that they need to carry a gun for work use or they face a specific threat. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with in Maryland. It's still against the Second Amendment. And uh, this lawsuit was filed back in 2010 by Raymond Woolard and um, our Attorney General here, Douglas F. Gansler, is still keeping us in the free state unsafe. I was going to be the first one in line anyway. I was going to try. You know, there's been like a, a whole bunch of people trying to get their permits since that thing came out. It was supposed to happen like August 7th. It's going to be overturned. They put a stay on it. That's just, that's just wrong, man. Wrong how they treat a brother. But one day, we will be free. Stay tuned as Maryland works to get his freedom. If you're curious about what's going on in Maryland, check out MarylandShallIssue.org or .com, I believe, and um, they stay on it. All right. The other day I was thinking about hearing protection. I had a pair that I had for a long time and I thought, you know, it's time for me to get another set done. I had had some done when I worked with the feds, professionally done, kind of flesh colored, nice and brown. And uh, they fit really good that you put on and then you put on the hard ones over top of that and you were good to go. Well, I found this audiologist on my way to work. And I thought, 
I wonder how much could it cost. I went inside, talked to a receptionist, and found out, yep, I could afford it. Let me try to do this because I, I want to get these things done in case I get that job in Hollywood that I auditioned for. And I also want to get some newscaster style earplugs that I can use when I do interviews on the air to monitor my audio. So, with my wish list in hand and hoping that it didn't break the bank, I walked in and met a really nice doctor. And here she is, Dr. Anna Anzola. I got the pleasure, I got the pleasure of being tested for my, uh, well, I didn't get tested, but I got some earplugs made uh, professionally from a place in McLean, Virginia, from a doctor of audiology by the name of Anna Anzola. Doc, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you very much. Tell me about the need for taking care of your ears. Um, This is mainly for those who shoot a lot and may not have got the official word that cigarette butts and old empty um, shells are not good for protection. That is correct. Um, It's very important to realize that the ear needs, uh, it's a very intricate type of uh, um, organ. And um, over a period of time, it can uh, be damaged from overuse, especially with um, exposure to the high levels of noise. And we tend to protect it early on with customized hearing protection. So things like um, the uh, cigarette butts and examples that you were giving me may not be the most appropriate one. Um, sound is still p- going to penetrate and kill the little hair cells. Uh, so we like to uh, promote better hearing health, whether it is from hearing protection and noise exposure or um, checking out your hearing um, at early age, and we tend to recommend um, if there's a problem as early as possible. If not, around the age of 50, get your hearing checked out. All right, so you said the age of 50, get your hearing. Okay, yeah. that's, that's and, a and, good... And, and have a baseline. Um, uh, you know, there is a, there's a trend with, um, there's a gender difference sometimes with, you know, male versus females and who, who gets um, exposed to loud levels of noise. And we, we tend to... Uh, to, to know that there is a, a gender difference. Males are going to be exposed to loud levels of noise a lot more than the female. So earlier checkups and baseline for the male um, is, is very important. It's just part of the well-being. Um, and we tend to not think too much about um, hearing. We, we take a look at your uh, diabetes or your eyes and um, any other organs, but hearing is sort of left... Um, over, and um, unfortunately, it's just a very slow and insidious process. You don't know what you don't hear, and you just missed it overall. Um, so it's very important that you get it checked out and have a baseline. Know where you are. Know if there's a condition to monitor, or know that you have wonderful hearing, and and that if the family, for example, uh, tends to um, accuse. <laughs> The, uh, the the males in the family. And it's not just the, uh, the male, it's just the partners in, in, in the, or any other uh, family members. <laughs> family members. Right, you're not, you, I heard, I, I told you that, I did not hear. Well, you know, it could be because there's an attention, and I'm not saying attention deficit, it's just <laughs> we're saying that, you know, you're not ready to be, you know, listening at that particular moment. Um, but could also be, maybe, there may be, um, 
uh, hearing deficiencies to be looked at, but we don't know that until we measure the auditory system and look at the, the hearing sens uh, sensitivity. Um, if it's not documented, um, you know, it's just going to be more of a communication issue. And it, and it spills over more than just at the family. It could mm. be at work situations. You may be missing important information, critical uh, for your job uh, in, in, in details. You hit something big. You said that males, and I was thinking about everything we do, we like the loud noise. There's the movies with the explosions. If you want us to watch it, yeah. it's better to have something that blows up. Um, there's the fireworks that we love. There's the firearms that we love. Um, it's all about booming, and I can go back to rock music, sure. and uh, we want the best seats closest to the speaker, of course, so we're losing our hearing on that one. Um, talk about the decimal thing. When you're looking at hearing protection, sometimes you can go to a, a Home Depot or a hardware store and get muffs, and they'll say, rated at a 14 dB. What, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. uh, that, that looks at the attenuation, uh, so how much um, is going to compress the sound to a, um, a, a nicer level, uh, more safer level of, um, of sound. So a higher number, of course, is better? Right? Yes, of course. And so, what's the difference between in the ear versus the over the ear? Um, I recommend both. If, oh, okay. if, if you're going to be exposing your ears to loud levels of noise, we would like to then have the double protection. Um, usually loud hobbies or uh, loud... NASCAR racing. Sport, right, yeah. sporting events um, or even, you know, loud boating. Um, could be a boat, it could be a race car, it could be... In, you're not just participating, but you're actually in the audience. So either one, you know, we... Okay. recommend uh, proper hearing protection. Okay, how can we find you um, online and your shop? Okay, so our website, www.ascentaudiologymclean.com um, or simply by calling 703-942-8110. Um, that's our direct line and you can make an appointment. Um, and uh, I will even throw out there a 10% discount if somebody comes over because they listen to your um, your information here. All right. That's all right. Thanks, Doc. We got, just to recap, we're talking about hearing protection. We're talking about the need for checkups when you hit about 50. Yes. And if you're not close to 50 yet, fellas, you might still want to do it since you've been in this realm for a minute and you want to know what your baseline is. You can, if you're in the Virginia area, I want you to check out um, Accent Audio audiologymclean.com I'm going to put the link on the website so you can get a chance to see it and take a look at Doc and all she's putting out here make sure you get uh, you get checked wherever you are and she recommends double up if you're going to do um, especially if you're inside of a range you know how that sound is always stronger on an indoor range than it is an outside range do both don't just settle for the soft get the hard and the soft together Doc, thank you so much, and I look forward to having people tell me that they've either got their hearing checked or they've visited you real soon. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it's um, spectacular that you're putting um, the information out there for people to learn more about it. Um, and if they're looking for um, a consultation, uh, not only do we offer free hearing exams, so um, it, it's, it's good to just get it checked out and figure out where you stand, um, but if they're looking for more in-depth then just let us know and we'll we'll do a consultation. All Thank right. You. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I want to invite you to open carry dinner in Detroit, Michigan, being sponsored by Rick Ector. You can find out 
the ticket information at laid, L-A-I-D, 2012, com and get your tickets online. You can also contact Rick Ector at 313-733-7404. This is a dinner, a meal, and it's included in the cost of the ticket. I just happen to know that Mr. John Pierce, founder of OpenCarry.org, is going to be there. And it's going to be a night of fellowship, food, live entertainment. And I think I might be speaking as well. Come on out. It's unlike anything we've ever done before. It's not sponsored by some giant organization. This is just a grassroots guy, Rick Ector, Detroit firearms instructor, advocate, activist, all around good guy. You got to come out, show your love, show your support. Come out and meet the brothers, meet brother John Pierce. Larry Pratt might even be in the house. Come on out to Detroit, Michigan. Monday, August 13th, 2012. This could be a question of the week. I didn't get a chance to ask anybody because I was so much uh, down on myself. But I feel so much better now. I hope you do too. I was working on the um, Lone Wolf Distributor pistol that I got. My high speed, low drag, real pretty firearm. It's a 40 cal Glock clone as a um, lone wolf rear or bottom on it and the uh, stainless steel slide. And it's just a sharp looking gun, but it has, you know, a lot of bells and whistles on it. I'm going to add some more stuff to it. I think I want to put a flashlight and a laser attachment on the rail. And that's going to mess me up because I can't carry it concealed after I do all that. This will be my home gun, I guess. But I think I'm going to give it a name just because of that. But my question is, do you name your firearms or the one you carry? I remember my stepdad used to call his Roscoe. Don't make me get Roscoe on you. And he never even carried. But that was like his thing. Go get Roscoe. I think I'm going to call this one Nadine. City bus and found a vacancy. I thought I saw my future bride walking up the street. I shouted to the driver, Hey, conductor, you must slow down. I think I see her. Please let me off this bus. And they do. Honey, is that you? Is 
feels like every time I see you, darling, you got something else to do. She moves around like a wave of summer breeze. Go, driver, go on now, catch her for me, please. Moving through the traffic like a mounted cavalier. I'm leaning out the taxi holler, trying to make a hit. Nadine, honey, is that you? Well, that's it for this week. I want to give a quick shout out to Kim Rohde, to Barbara Baird, to Dr. Anzola. I want to thank you for joining me one more time. Remember, Abraham Lincoln said, you have to do your own growing, no matter how tall your grandfather was. This is your friend and your brother, Ken Blanchard, wishing you peace. Until next week, join freedomsnetwork.org and shalom, baby. This concludes another weekly edition of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening. Feel free to leave Ken a review on iTunes about the show. Join the forum on blackmanwithagun.info or comment on the show notes on kenblanchard.com. Well, sister, the time has come for me to ride hard and fast.